Hey, welcome to The Screenwriting Life. I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorianne McKenna. We are professional screenwriters. We've worked together as a team and separately. We've worked on studio and indie films, live action and animation, from my work on Inside Out and Captain Marvel. To my work in Pixar's story department on Up, Brave, and Inside Out. We are here to share our insights on the craft of screenwriting and also the life. How to not only survive the ups and downs, but thrive. We want to help you become the best screenwriter you can be and to reassure you that you are not alone on this journey. Hi, guys. Welcome back. I'm so glad you could be here with us. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about inspiration. So I hope you're here for a little inspiration. Lorian, I'm hoping you will inspire me. Well, I am looking for inspiration this week, so I am hoping in talking about it, perhaps after this, I can, I can have, I can be inspired because I feel oh, you will uh, be. like a dried out husk of creativity. Oh, nice. <laughs> I got to say, Lorraine, that was a pretty inspired metaphor or simile, I guess. So there's something in there. It was very evocative. <laughs> oh my God, I'm working on being a writer. So right thank you for the compliment. All right, but first, uh, let's talk about our week, or what we like to call adventures in screenwriting. Lorian, how was your week? Uh, my b- week has been okay. It has been a week of waiting, which, mm. as all writers know, can be very painful. I delivered a draft to my manager, and then I'm waiting for feedback. Um, and I told myself I would not go back into the script and do work on it, and that's exactly what I've been doing. Um, so I'm resisting the, wait, read this draft, um, right. because, you know, it's the same draft. It just has different little, like, nice. I didn't change anything significant, but, you know, waiting for feedback on that, you know, did I ruin it? Is it better? Is it different? And then, you know, preparing myself for whatever that conversation is going to be based on how I feel about the script and what I think, and then the feedback that my manager is going to give me, right? So I'm sort of waiting for that conversation. Um, uh, uh, Like I've been talking about, you know, getting ready to send this feature I wrote out to production companies. And so that uh, either went out yesterday or will go out on Monday, and then I get to wait, right, for (laughs) For everybody to read it. Is it everyone's going to read it? And then, like, what's the plan? Will it be, you know, dribs and drabs of well told and no thank you? Or will there be some yeses? You know, so waiting for that, sort of anticipating that. And then I uh, closed a deal that has been in the works for many, many months. Hooray, Um, hooray, hooray. And so now I'm waiting to be commenced on that, right? (laughs) Sort of waiting for the email of, like, here's the first meeting and let's get started. Um, so, and then, you know, sort of thinking, okay, so I have all these things out there in process, which is amazing, right? Amazing. I feel really lucky to have all this stuff churning, but then, okay, now is when I need to come up with a new idea, you know, and am I going to, am I going to write a new script? Am I going to write a pitch? You know, do I want to do something new or different, write an essay or a monologue or, you know, like how do I how do I shift gears now to go back into that place where I, I find that stuff? And honestly, this week personally has been a real challenge. Um, you know, we're all in lockdown. A lot of us are parents and I'm just really tired of being yelled at every day by my kid. Like it's, you know, she's, we're all starting to feel, you know, the school and school at home. And there's something about this week for us that just sort of 
it just broke me a little bit. Like I just woke up this morning and was like, stop yelling at me. Like I know you're frustrated and I've been helping her manage her big emotions, but it just, it just feels so painful. And I just like, please just stop yelling at me. Right? Like, yeah. and it's sort yeah, of that yeah. place of managing working at home is a reality when you're trapped with your family. Or, and I imagine it's equally as hard to be alone in this situation, right? right? So like none of us are at our best. I mean, some people probably are thriving in this. Like my husband, he loves this, right? His family is where he, he can know where we are. He can see us. He's an extreme introvert and I am an extreme extrovert and I love to get out and I just feel... I don't well, know. It's hard I, too, in terms of inspiration for your writing and having yes. a new idea that we've been in our houses here in LA. We've been in our houses for a year. Yeah, and, and I like uh, to, it's just uh, I'm like over it already. And like, you know, I need to see people. So much of inspiration, right, is going out and overhearing of somebody's funny conversation or seeing a cool interaction in the park. I mean, Megan, Meg, you and I went on a research trip once and just walking around the place where we were investigating was so inspiring, right? right? Happening to see certain things, walking along together, having conversations. And it's just, I'm missing that part. So I feel very isolated and um, so, yeah, I'm really interested in what we're going to talk about today in terms of inspiration because I need it. You know, how do you find it when you're at home alone and every day feels like, what day is it? Right, um, right. So that's how my week has been. How has your week been, Meg? <laughs> I'm literally sitting here thinking, oh, Lorian, that, that research trip we went on, that project needs to be rewritten. You could do that. as you're I, Look at her. She's just like, no. No, I guess um, I could. I mean, my husband <laughs> bugs me about it all the time. He's like, what's up with that project? I'm like, I forget about it. Good. I don't know. Never mind. <laughs> um, uh, my week is good. I, um, you know, I think the focus of my week has been recognizing, bringing into the forefront of my awareness how much of the writing process is layering. Because, uh, you know, on one project you can have you're putting down the first layer, almost like the, the base coat of paint or the, the, the primary colors are going in, or let's think of another uh, metaphor, you're sketching it in pencil. Um, so, you know, it's hard sometimes to be at that point because you want it to be as layered and textured as you know a quote-unquote movie should be, and yet everybody starts with the base layer. Everybody starts with a pencil sketch and and the and the basic and you know it's weird because or not funny because I end up watching I've been watching some YouTube stuff on literally painting because I think it calms my brain down to watch how look she just put a, a swash of blue here and then she had to put green and then she put another color of green on the green and then she put a nut some pink in there and some and suddenly it just goes it's a tree right like it wasn't a tree it was just a, a green blob and writing is the same like when you're first laying down the giant pieces be that a scriptment, which is what you know mm -hmm. I can get into. I like scriptments, or an outline, or even your barf draft. You're just laying down uh, that first piece. So uh, there's a lot of judgment that comes up when I'm doing that and worry, right? Because it's not quote unquote good enough yet. But I, it's just my husband's a collage artist, and I watch him layer and layer and layer and layer, and you really don't even see the painting yet, and you're like, this just kind of looks like chaos right now. It's just layers and you know or you know what's the melody here and then all of a sudden you know he puts seven birds on it at the very end and you're like oh my god there it is like holy crap like wow right so i think that writing is so much like that and we have to give ourselves time to do that you're not gonna 
get a beautiful layered piece of work uh, in, in two weeks. You're going to get a barf draft, you're going to get a, 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 an outline that you've knocked out, and then you have to layer and layer. So, And the good part is the beginning can be hard in terms of that layering. Hopefully you have somebody who understands that. So when they read it, your producer or whoever it is, or if you're lucky, your director knows, oh, we're just looking at the pieces here. We're not going to judge yet this person's character or their arc because while we've agreed on what that is, you haven't uh, executed that yet. And then as you go and go and go and you layer more and more and more, it is like those kind of paintings where all of a sudden people are like, oh, it's a tree on a, on a, on a, on a, on a lake and a, you know, but oh, I see it, I see it, right? And now they can give you different kinds of notes. So it's just how much that is about trusting yourself and trusting the process. You have to trust the process. And I watch my husband take these huge risks in his paintings where I, as an observer, I'm like, oh my God, he just ruined it. He just totally <laughs> ruined it. Why would he have done that? Why would he have done that? And that piece he used was so awesome and now you can't ever use it again because it's covered in paint and oh my God, he totally ruined it. I don't say anything. I just go, huh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, but he is, he's such a daring artist that he, in his head, he can be like, okay, I just totally fucking ruined this. I just ruined it. And then he goes more and more layers and he digs it out and it becomes its own thing. Like it's ruined according to how you might have thought it was going to be when you started the painting, right? But it's because it's its own thing and it's evolving literally in front of you. It's moving and you have to allow that movement to happen. You have to allow it to be its own thing as you start layering it because things come forward that you thought you didn't even know you had or you thought were background and all of a sudden they're they're you know charging forward and you're like oh this is the main relationship oh my god um so it's allowing that kind of organic layering process to happen um is is very much writing too i think so it's it's yeah. going through that really do you think your husband sort of is just in it and churning or does he have an idea of what he wants at the end and then it's a a path to get there or is it discovery and then I think oh, it's wow, mostly discovery was. like he starts with inspiration he'll start with images that he likes and start laying them down and start painting over them or um uh, so his, you know, a lot of collage artists are more kind of storytelling. Like there's a guy with the moon on his head, like they collage into, he's much more kind of abstract collaging. Um, but I, so I think he has an idea when he's starting to lay those images down, right? Like the biggest image is a woman, she's on a bike. So this might be about journeying and I'm writing out a word and here's other images of journeying, but suddenly the bird on the woman's shoulder starts to take over. So he allows it to go where he want, where it wants to go. And he's literally pouring out of a, you know, out of like, he's pouring paint on it. And it's just so scary to me <laughs> because, yeah. you know, we all have words. We can always go back to our old draft, right? Right. Um, you know, so it's just really appreciating the layering process and finding a way to enjoy it. And if you can stop judging it and trust yourself that I'm just laying down the big pieces and I have readers who will understand that and talk to me about the big pieces, it can be fun, right? Like it's fun to watch Joe paint. He's having fun because he's let go of what it has to be or he's let go of, and literally there, is, there are some paintings in his studio that he's like, yeah, those don't work. But he's mm. keeping them because you never know, right? He's going to cut it up and make it part of a different painting, right? Or it didn't work because he couldn't see it yet, right? That's, it's still just a green blob. It's not a tree yet. So then all of a sudden he goes back and he can see it. And that's because he's evolved. 
his life has evolved, he's changed. And I feel like we have story ideas that are like that, right? I mean, there's certainly scripts I wrote that now I think I can't go back to because I've evolved past it, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just this flowing, layering, uh, it's such an artistic experience and it's so much about self-trust so that you can make it fun. and then the other thing that happened this week is I had a really good day creatively, like really good, like it, it actually broke through some old belief systems I have about myself as a writer and what my skills are and what they're not. And, you know, we all decide, well, I'm just not good at that, right? And then I'm like, you know what, I think I might be good at that. I think <laughs> I actually am okay at that. Um, and it's so, what was interesting to me is as soon as I had this good day, um, I literally had a flood a flood of images of times in my life where I was humiliated. Interesting. And it was just, it was so A A to Z, like, oh my God, I feel full of joy and awe at the creative process. And I get to, you know, this is the good stuff, right? We're standing on a rock of the good stuff, right? And almost immediately is this flood of, of, shame and be careful and anxiety and don't remember that last time this happened do you remember what happened two days later and you got cut down and do you remember that red wedding conference that you went into where everybody set you up and they slit your throat do you remember that do you remember that right like it was almost um i i know that that part of me is trying to uh, protect me because it's worry because i think being happy is a very vulnerable experience yes and i think that um sometimes when we get there we're actually more comfortable in the um chaos and grind and suddenly when you get to stand on the rock of oh my god people actually like the script or they said it's a movie or or whatever it is for you on that day that immediately your head can jump on it right as if to protect you but i think it's a muscle for us to grow that it's we also need to have that in our life because our characters need to have that in the, and we need to have that in your scripts. We need to have moments of lightness and, and coming, even if in the darkest, darkest, most traumatic, you know, movie, there are moments of lightness, right? So that you have a contrast and the audience can take a breath, right? Even if it's just a goofy joke in the middle of shit, it's so the audience can go, (gasps) right? So, you need that in your life too. So, you know, it is important, you know, I know that there's this big push now to be grateful. And I think that's a different thing than what I'm talking about. I'm literally talking about being happy. (laughs) I'm literally talking about go towards the happiness. Joy, right? right? Like celebration, right? Celebration, just about what makes you happy. It's okay to be happy. Right. It might feel very vulnerable to some people like me who it was a vulnerable state to be in because, you know, the shoe's going to drop. The other boot's going to come and kick you in the head. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe, but, you know, as we've learned on this podcast, things do tend to work out for us. (laughs) Yes. So the boot might come, but you can handle it. Right. And why it's, I mean, just the last thing I'll say about it is I suddenly realized that in my brain's need to protect me by bringing me down. It was bringing me down so I don't get hurt, but it was hurting me to do it. Mm-hmm. So you're actually doing to yourself what you're trying to avoid, right? Yeah. Well, if I hurt myself, at least I won't be surprised and I won't get the ground taken out from underneath me or whatever that part of us is afraid of. You know, maybe when you were a kid because you were a child and that is the state of being a child, right? You're so dependent, but now you're an adult, right? And you have the choices of letting those things in or not often. And, and those are learning things coming at you right so um and and i guess it's part of the layering thing too right like even when you get on that rock 
you're still going to get notes. Like, I don't even care, like, if the rock is, we're going into production. Well, guess what? Here come the actors, right? And they're going to have a whole set of notes. <laughs> or they're going to start changing stuff with the director. Or you're in animation, and here come the animators, right? Like, there's always the layering is going to continue, right? So every time you get on a rock, celebrate it. And understand that the things coming at you as the next thing to do in the project is just making it better. It's just layering it up. It's just making it deeper, right? It's going to clarity. It's not um, some edict on you as a writer about your strengths or your weaknesses, that this is part of the process, this layering process. And I think that a lot of people want it to be fast and be like, done, perfect, done. There it is. I'm a writer. Do you see? It's perfect. And please don't give me notes because then it means I'm not. And it's like, well, that is not the artistic process. The artistic process is that constant layering. And Lorraine, I think you had this experience when writing your TV show, right? Like thinking it's one thing and and going deeper and finding it's another. Yeah, Um, I had to change one of the main relationships because I was a... I realized both of the main characters that I was playing with both saw themselves as victims of circumstance. And that's boring, right? right. Like, I didn't want to play with that. And so, but it took a lot for me to find, to have the courage to sort of change who that was and have a different conversation that personally I find more meaningful, but is scarier, right? Yeah. That, like, let's say this show goes and, you know, let's say it's a hit. And for the next five years, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it's uh, it's digging into that and it was scary. And I will say part of the noodling I've been doing on the episode since I delivered it is some of that layering stuff. Like I have this very clear idea of what episode two is and I realized I was missing an opportunity to set something up, right? Ah, that right. That like added something I'd set up in the very beginning of the script and then I sort of let it go and I was like, oh, it can be here and then this is what leads there. And it was just a very simple thing and I added it this morning. It doesn't change anything really, but it's just this layer of, you know, she uh, doesn't see something and she steps on something else. Right. And then, and then I was like, oh, well, this is why. Because she has this other, th- and then that sets up it picks up something that I set up at the beginning and then it sets up the next episode and it's just that layering and I can't resist it right now, you know, and it's, and so I have to figure out how to stop, right? Because there is that like, (laughs) all right, pencils down moment. Um, There is. But what you were talking about letting ourselves feel joy and happiness and something I tell every person, I celebrate the small moment, celebrate what you can. It's such a hard business, celebrate. But, you know, I closed this deal earlier this week and I have found every reason to make it, oh, it's no big deal, right? Like, it's not a thing. And here's why. Here are all the reasons why no one Aww. should congratulate me, no. right? Here are all, and and I, and it's so funny because if someone else said that to me, I'd be like, all right, let's stop. This is a big deal, right? I'd really like, really encourage them to like, let's celebrate how this is wonderful. But for some reason for myself, I just... And so I guess I'm afraid to do it because I don't even know. I mean, I, I guess I'll have to talk about it in therapy, but it's it's this hesitancy to feel happy about it because, you know, what if it fails? What if, what if, and th- I have this, and I don't know if this is imposter syndrome, but it, like I have this idea that like, it's not really earned. And that if mm. I celebrate it, I'm a liar somehow, oh, right? That's that a, like- You got a voice in your head. I don't know who that is. <laughs> 
that was talking to you right? when you were a kid, but you got to get that out by the roots. And it's the same thing. I, I agreed to do this uh, kind of this Q&A thing. And so they asked me for my bio and I, I wrote it. And then when I saw it all written out, what they were using, I keep having to double and triple check that those things that I did them. <laughs> Right, You're like so funny. somehow I'm like, no, 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 because the, the idea that like I'm promoting myself bigger than I am, right? I, this is definitely from being a woman too, and and being how old I am and how I grew up. That like the most dangerous thing I can imagine is uh, putting myself out there in a way that makes me seem fancy or important or, or arrogant arrogant or like that was on the facebook group right like that that girl a young woman had a question because she got accepted into two different labs and she has a very legitimate question of who's been to these labs it's smart of her to ask right yes but and we you know my response to her was celebrate that you got into you don't have to apologize to us because i think part of her post was i don't i'm not bragging here i'm right this isn't you know i'm not i'm not saying hey look at me give me attention and um which is funny because I found a very safe place to post, you know, a very safe place to share that I had closed the deal in order to get a little bit of attention for it to see, to see like, like is this real? Can I get, cause I was feeling so needy. I don't know. It's very complicated, right? It's that thing about compliments. Like I desperately want compliments, but if you give me one, I will run away from you so fast. Right? No, so and it's, like, it is something to work on because you know, uh, Hollywood, especially in TV, I would think as showrunners take some confidence, you know, like, yeah. and, and you are, and I know that you are confident about the work, right? It's not, I, what we're talking about isn't, you know, our, even being confident about our work or our ability. Oh no, I'm if 100% you get, confident. If we get into story, you and I are going to be like, let me just tell you how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, I right? mean, I'm already on this deal that closed there. I'm already getting questions and I'm like, I know the answer. Like, here's what we're going to do. Right. Like there's no here's what we're going to do. Here's the plan. I'll get back to you at two. Like I, that stuff, it's more it's more like the inside version of myself. Right. Like the accolades. and the, Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, you know, in the moment I can hear it and I can manage it and I can do it. And I, you know, my years of management and produ- production, like I, I'm not worried about my ability to to show run. Right. Mm-hmm. It's. It's something else. It's a more complicated internal, you know. You're not celebrating you. Yeah. Yeah, I want to move forward. I want to get to the goal rather than like, I don't know. It's complicated. I don't know. Anyway. It all goes into the work. It all all ends up affecting the work. um, I I identify with that, though. I think like it's separating artistic confidence from like professional confidence. Like I feel like artistically, I know my instincts are good. It's why people resonate with what I write. But professionally, I feel like I have trouble owning the, like... I mean, I've talked about it on the show, but, like, I'm going to be shooting a feature I wrote this summer. And, like, that's awesome. And for some reason, I'm, like, horrified by it. I don't know, like, what it is. But then <laughs> um, I'm really, like, I feel great about the project. But on a micro level, not on, like, a macro level. It's really interesting. It's so I, I hear what you're saying, it, Lorian. It, it, yeah. It's interesting, though, Jeff, because on one hand, it's smart to be... Um hesitant or, or, or aware of you're taking on a big thing. Like if I was like, you're going to swim the English Channel, you'd be like, um, I might need to prepare yeah. for that. And like, there should be some hesitancy of like, so there's part of your brain is smart, right? Because it's, it's tuning up to what do I need to do? How can I help myself? 
And then the other part is, you might die, so let's just like yeah. be scared of this and That's say right. no, right? And and uh, it's it's so funny to find that boundary line for ourselves. Um, and you know, it's so great uh, to have the opportunity to work around big directors because they all they have it. The, the, it's mm. not like any human walking onto the set doesn't have that same apprehension of like, here we go, right? Put on the seatbelt. Um, but I think that it's going to be so exciting, Jeff, for you to come back and tell us because I bet every day you do it, it's going to be like a duck in water. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be like, oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, sometimes it's like, swimming in this channel. I haven't even swum yet. Like, what are we right. talking about? Like, I just think it's going to be so exciting to hear, like, when we take those large risks, um, how fulfilling it can be. Well, I know it'll make me a better writer. No matter how the show. experience goes, I'm going to learn so much. My writing will be better because of the experience. So it's dramatically be better. better. Yeah dramatically better because you'll know what actors are going to question and seeing narratives and all kinds of stuff it's it's amazing oh i can't wait it's exciting (laughs) i can't wait for you to do it i think Um, too that there's a it's easier for me meg you and i were emailing about this earlier today like when i feel like i've done something weird i just say ah well it's my personal cyclone of fuckery it's a way for me to dismiss right like and then, Meg, you were like, I think that's your sweet spot. <laughs> it's the cyclone of fuckery, right? Because then you just do it. You can't think. You have to operate on, like, instinct and knowledge and sort of just do it. Um, the only sure- thing to be careful about that is that we aren't unconsciously creating cyclones of fuckery because it feels familiar and it means we just have to do it. Like, I mean, oh, it's, yeah. a, it's okay for us to live our life that way, but at the same time, it's, it's a stressful way to live our lives. You know, I know I stay busy because that keeps me focused. Um, But it's just, it's all interesting. I'm very layered is what I'm saying. I'm a layered work in progress. We are so layered. So layered. layered All right, well, let's, should we talk about, um, oh, Jeff, is it your turn to? Well, we got, we always get beautiful emails and we've been reading reviews on the show, but we want to focus more on also reading some emails on the show as well. And um, I'm going to read this email from Gabby M, who said, I wanted to say thank you so much for building this safe haven. I'm currently studying screenwriting at NYU, and at least once a week, I have nervous thoughts about my career path because of the instability of it. Yet every time I listen to your podcast, it reminds me that I'm not alone and I love what I do. Thank you so much for all the advice you provide. I feel like you have your hands on my shoulders with a smile every time I open up Final Draft, and I no longer feel lonely. Thank you for everything. How about that? Yay, Gabby, you're not alone. We're here. We are here with you. I love that. Thank you. Beautifully written. And um, it's so exciting to be at the beginning. I know it's intimidating and the world out there and it's not sure, but it's also exciting. It's so exciting to be um, stepping out. And you're, you know, in college, man, you are at the sweet spot, right? Like you can write anything. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like now is the time to write, you know? and risk uh, because, you know, the business can ask you to write, be more safe. Um, but boy, in college, just I go for it and, and dive into that lava. I'm going to read a, just a quick review as well. We mentioned it every week, but on yeah. Apple Podcasts, if you guys leave us a review, it really helps the visibility of our show. Plus, we love all of your writing, so it's really nice for us just on a personal level to read what you have to say. But I'm going to read this review from Hannah TH, who says it's my favorite new writing podcast. This is a great alternative to script notes that deals more honestly and candidly about the life of a screenwriter. Lori and Meg are awesome. Uh, thanks so much. We're Yay. glad that we can kind of be an additional 
um, dish and sort of your oeuvre of um, podca- uh, screenwriting podcasts because when we developed the show, that was our goal was to be a very specific course. And I feel like we're doing that for you. So thanks for the review. Thank you. Yeah, let your friends know and please give us reviews um, only because it helps us get higher on the list when people are searching and, and we can get we can help more people um, and at the wider um, base we get. So those reviews really do help in the algorithms. Um, so if we have helped you at all or it's something you enjoy, return it by uh, just giving us a review. Um, all right, our topic today is inspiration. Yes. Jeff, you're the one that asked for this. I, I did. I feel like Your I've been pushing idea. it subtly. I've been like, what if we did this topic this week? So finally, I just like shoehorned it in. And I can't wait to hear what Why you guys have to say. Why did you want to do it? Let's hear it. Why did you want to do you it? You know, I think um, I talked about it on the show last week, but I'm focusing on this film now. I'm in pre-production and I had a full-time job that I loved, but um, was sort of a shadow artistry thing um, that we talked about on the show. So I feel like inspiration is something I need to be really digging for. Because I'm sort of, you know, in pre-production, it's we're ramping up quickly. And I, um, as I'm doing rewrites especially, and, you know, I'm scoring the film as well, I need to, um, when it gets hard, oh I think. Oh, my goodness. Is when you really yeah. need to um, feel inspired. Because, like, the first draft is easy, right? But it's those rewrites and the nitty-gritty that sometimes inspiration feels like it gets sucked out of your soul. So. Yeah, and so today we're talking about inspiration in the writing. Because there's another bucket, right, which is the inspiration to write it all. Right, and if people want to hear that, we can do that as a separate topic, or do it at the end here. But what you're talking about, Jeff, is as I hear it, is when you're down in the writing, you're rewriting, um, you've gotten notes, uh, or you just have your gut feelings about it, and how do you get inspired with what to do with it? Even, mm-hmm. That's right. right. Um, you know, and I just want to say, in terms of a lot of people think they ha- to write, they have to be inspired. Um, I, I just do not find that at all um, for myself or other working pe- writers that I know. Um, it's not even, I would say it's even rare to say, well, I'm inspired to write today. Um, when it becomes a job, it's a job. And you are literally just sitting there hacking through the jungle. <laughs> yep. You know, and you're waiting for the inspiration to come. But so much inspiration for me comes because I'm sitting there doing it. And it's doing it and doing it and doing it and right, doing it badly and doing it again and again and again. And then all of a sudden it starts to move and something happens. So a lot of inspiration for me is perspiration. Um, uh, and I think, so I guess what I'm saying too is if you are down in that grind and you feel like, well, this should be more inspiring, careful because that is, you know, that is part of the writing process is just... Well, you know, especially once you're getting paid and you have to, you know, go be on a TV show. And they're like, okay, so go write the script of this. And you're like, oh, my God. Like, you know, inspired or not, go, right? Yes. So um, a lot of it to me is perspiration. But I was thinking about it at your question, and I have some ideas of things you could do to get inspired. What about you, uh, Lorian, in terms of inspiration overall? It's It's the same. If I sit back and just think about it or talk about it, uh, it all sounds so great, you know, but it's not until I, you know, I have, I actually came up with an idea last night of a new, you know, something new I want to write, and it's really great right now, because it's all in my head, and I know the minute I sit down and write it down, it's just going to, you know, feel like a turn, right? So, and I'll have to write it down, and then I'll have to keep rewriting it, and digging into it, and taking breaks, you know, I like to go for walks, but like, 
um, she says, but never gets up off her butt, right? So like, you know, all the things I am, all the ways I imagine I get inspiration, right? It's really about sitting down and uh, writing my characters, listening to what they have to say. That is really my main way of finding inspiration in a project is writing out their conversations because that's how I figure out what they think and what they're mad about. Um, the, the main way I get inspired is when I get mad about something. All of my rage, all of my rage, <laughs> her passion, anger inspires my, her. And my Love no, it's it. real. Like I sit around, I'm like, what am I pissed about? You know what I'm pissed about? And then I write it. Right? I I sort of where I don't know if it's inspiration or what makes me feel powerful. Um, and so for me, that's it. And then the work, you know, which is hard, Meg. I mean, how many times have I sat here looking at Twitter and Facebook and worried about the world and trying to figure out who else I can email and text and call in order to, you know, process <laughs> and talk about the work when really what I need to be doing is opening up a document and writing words, whatever they are. Yeah, I really you know? think there is a part of this process where quantity over quality. Yeah. If you're, and I know it's a little different than what you're talking about, Jeff, but if you're at the beginning stages, it is just quantity, man. It is just write as many pages, as many versions of that outline, as many, 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 many as you can. Just get out of quantity because everybody gets locked down in quality. And to my inspiration is how much can I do? Like how many rewrites of this outline? Like just try to change the whole context of the goal. Mm -hmm. um, and it's really is quantity. Um, because out of that quantity, you're going to find little flashes and flares, yeah. right? And that's where you're going to go because you didn't even know you were thinking that. Yeah. Um, once you're already, let's say, have a draft or two and you're getting notes um, and you need some inspiration, um, you know, what I've done for myself and also when I've been working either as a producer with writers or more likely with mentees, um, I'm working with a mentee and she got stuck and I was like, okay, I want 100 a hundred ideas for this. And she was like, you mean like that's like, like you're just saying, I'm like, no, I want 100 ideas for this. It can be an alien lands and kidnaps her. I don't care what it is, but it has to be a hundred. Because the brain often is, is shutting down ideas and you have to just let it be silly and goofy. And often on like the fifth idea, you might hit one or the 25th or the 50th. And or you might just see start seeing a pattern in those hundred things that oh my god these are all um, super big stakes so now do fifty of them that they're smaller again just to break up the ice in your head of what it has to be so I find the hundred things and when we worked at Pixar I remember John Lasseter saying you know often it's the third fourth fifth idea that is really the great idea of course every once in a while the very first thing to come to you is it. But more often than not, it's the third, fourth, fifth, sixth idea of how to do it. And we get so afraid of letting go of those first ideas um, because we don't trust that this better idea is coming. So I, if, if, if your brain knows it's 100, it just kind of lets go, right? right? So I find writing 100 ideas of, of what where you're stuck, of what it could be and how it could change. And again, I don't care if it's like, change, you know, she magically changes into a dog or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? right? Um, the other thing I would say is often it's, um, and again, it depends on what the inspiration is that you need, but um, I was thinking about things I've gone through, and sometimes it's about moving stuff around, like realizing that your midpoint is your end of act one, 
or what if it was just for today, just for the next hour. And people get like start to sweat when you say that, of course, right? But it's like, but what if that's why you're actually getting the note? Because you've been doing draft after draft of all of this backstory. And what would happen if you made it harder for her? Because this is actually the start of the movie not even the midpoint where would you go and then just freeform well then this would have to happen and that would have to happen i mean i think your job to get to inspiration is to make it as hard on your main character as possible and then see how they respond i don't mean hard on them in terms of like you were saying everybody can't be a victim of circumstance right what i'm looking for is how they respond to that circumstance right because right. of course there are victims in the world you know let's go to like the holocaust it happened right but actually when you're watching a holocaust story you're actually watching to see what they did in the face of it what choices they made the good the bad whatever right so really look at your script look at that moment and is it that you're not being hard enough on the main character and how great would it be to come up with something that is so hard that you, the writer, don't know how they're going to get out of it. That's what you should be pushing for. You should be pushing so that you're like, I actually do not know um, how the hell she's going to get out of this. Well, guess what? Neither will the audience. Right. So then the job of the rewrite is to talk to people about how the hell could she get out of this because this now torpedoed my third act. But it's so interesting. It's so juicy. You're trying to get to the juice, right? That it's worth taking a couple of days to see... And this could be taking out a character, right? Like right now in the thing that I'm, I'm thinking, well, just, should we just take that out? <laughs> <laughs> right. Right? Oh, my God. Right? Am I just repeating some old patterns here? I don't think so yet. But, um, you know, it's taking, you, you, have you bifurcated characters into too many people? Combine characters? Take some characters you have around the main character? Again, these are exercises. And I'm not saying like go right off. Just say, today I'm going to do exercises because I need inspiration. So I'm going to take these three characters and put them all together into one character. Well, what does that look like? Give the actions of that other character to your main character. So moving stuff around, combining stuff as a writing exercise can start to inspire you so that you can see it. Um, the other thing I would say is you, you really do need to know your genre. And the genre can inspire you. And I know people get scared of that because they think they're going to do cliches or whatever. But, you know, if you're doing a genre, you better know the five best and the five worst in that genre. Because I promise you the buyers who buy that genre probably made some of those. And they know them inside and out, right? So before you can, quote unquote, reinvent a genre, you have to deeply know it. So, you know, if I'm going to take on, I don't know, like a Western, I would go watch the five best Westerns on Rotten Tomato or whatever or that won the Academy Award and then I'd w watch the five worst ones because that is a tremendous learning experience too and that can inspire you or you might be um, I was just talking to a class at USC and a girl asked a question and she had a pirate movie and my answer was well because she had the same question she needed some inspiration and she did watch all the pirate movies and she doesn't want to repeat them and you don't you want you have to do your version which I know is where the inspiration comes from and I was like well sometimes as an exercise smash two genres together see what happens so are you doing a, what looks like a pirate movie but it's actually a western right so and suddenly okay there's the gun shooter there's the hot young hot shot there's the this there's the that right and oh my god now I understand who the pirates are and that they in this situation they would behave differently and create bigger problems 
uh, for the main character um, to take on. So sometimes genre smashing, and I know, you know, it's a bit of a cliche in Hollywood, you know, it's this meets that, um, but it does help in terms of this writing work uh, of churning stuff up to think, you know, I remember when we were on Inside Out and we were pitching to Andrew Stanton and he said, oh, so you're doing a disaster movie. And I was like, oh my God, we're doing a disaster movie. That helps so much. It helps so much because you're having to, again, do so many layers that sometimes just to have one clear, you know, uh, scaffolding, it just really helps. So I find that can be very inspirational in terms of, again, I'm talking plotty kind of stuff like genre, smashing them together. I would go read scripts in your genre, read them on the page can be, how did that, how did this person write an action sequence? Um, I have found. And then in terms of other plotty stuff, uh, in terms of inspiration, it really is the hardest and best thing to do to have a group brainstorm. Uh, it's hard because you're going to hear a lot of stuff you don't want to hear. <laughs> you just are, right? Like they're going to all talk about what doesn't work first. But then it really is so inspiring. You know, when we do, Lorian and I do our writers um community together it always starts with people looking white and pale and shaky the writer going up because they're like oh my god but by the end they are so inspired because even if the eyes don't ideas don't work specifically they've inspired new ideas for them at the table so if you can get two other writers three other writers who understand where you are in the process either what layer you're at right i'm just trying to lay down the pieces people right you got to take their notes and then but let them know you're bringing them together for a brainstorm for people to just start throwing stuff on the table and record it um and everybody you know knows that whatever they give you they're giving you if you need a piece of paper for them to sign have them sign a piece of paper that any idea they give you is yours um again that depends on your closeness of your people um it's always good to have a signed piece of paper um but then just I always find that the most inspiring and the quickest way to inspiration. Even if you had a problem with a section, like this action sequence is not thrilling. It is not new. It's not different. I want to brainstorm it with you guys, right? And they're going to say crazy stuff that you would never have thought of. So for me, in terms of plot, that's always the most fun, challenging, and beneficial way to, to, brain, to be inspired is to let other brains in to stomp around on your script um, and uh, see it differently. I don't know, Lori, how you feel about that, but no, I will. I was thinking about all the things you're saying. It's you know the work, the churn. You know, come up with a hundred ideas and you know take this character out or move this over here. And it's all this. It's this really scary idea that challenges the myth of the natural soul genius, right? We have this idea that some writer just sits down and writes and out comes this brilliant thing. And sort of in my, when I first got started in my mind, I had this idea that that's what I was competing against. And that's what I was trying to get to, that I would sit down and write and out it would come. And then, then it doesn't happen that way. And so it feels like a fail. And it is so scary to, you know, especially when you're on a deadline to think I'm gonna do some experiments. Right, I had a deadline a couple years ago, and I had a week, and you know it was a big deadline, and I rewrote this script 
three times. I took out a huge section of it. I wrote it all out. Didn't work. Okay, great. Go back to the old draft. Okay, I'm going to try this. It didn't work. And then I finally got to the place where it worked and I had like a day left because I found the version that worked and then I made all these changes and then I sent it. But I couldn't have gotten there if I hadn't tried those other things. And it was terrifying to be spending the time doing that because I had a very real deadline with like money and potentially disappointing important people to me. Um, but, but so it's really scary to take the time out um, for a lot of reasons, you know, and it's really necessary. I chafe against it, right? Like what, you know, like because- It is the process though. It's, I, it, it is, is the process of writing. And you know, Lauren, we saw at Pixar, Yes. These big geniuses do it over and over and over. Yes. Over I mean, and over. You know, I, first, I witness I witnessed some pretty crazy ideas being pushed all the way through to their end, like making it into the reels kind of pushing it oh, through. Oh, we saw reels that you were like, this makes no sense. But there yes. is a spark here and yes. there's inspiration here. And that, that is a freaking awesome scene right but there, even, right? But even that is just part of it. But even living through it and my decade at Pixar and being inside it and witnessing it and being a part of it and hearing you talk about it, it's like, yes, a hundred ideas. Yes. You know, and I've done it myself in my own work. But then when I'm sitting down to write, somehow I still think that at some point I'm going to crack through and it's just going to come out. Right. I know it's not true intellectually but emotionally like okay, all the movies that we see about writers true about it though you know? what is true about it is the more you do this process the more craft tools you are yes. gaining yes and so you're going to start jumping uh, spots right like yes. a young writer is going to start here a more experienced writer is going to start at C I might be starting at F. Now, by the way, I might have to come back and do A because I totally forgot about it, right. which happens all the time. But, but I do... the toolbox, so there's a confidence that can come, but it never comes out whole. It never, right. um, it never, you know, and there's other problems, right, where you, you've you overthought it and you've lost the inspiration, right? right? So it's constant churn. It's a constant, and I want you to churn towards fun too, people. I want you to churn towards this is just an entertaining scene to watch. Like what's fun about it can also be inspiring. Like forget all the other have-tos of the character has to also evolve and there has to be a the relationship. All of that is true. Yes, I get it. But for today, like literally do the Cone Brothers, which is what's the craziest freaking thing that could happen right now that I right. don't see coming. That's how they write. They literally are like, what, what could happen in this scene that's insane and crazy and fun and unexpected? Just push it. Because you just have to push it and push it. And it, so it is a very self-pushing yes. experience. But that's art. I'm, you know, this idea yeah. that we are going to um, be perfect and just do it. And, you know, I have that too. There's that myth, right, where we're like Hemingway yeah. and we get to drink our whiskey and just everything that comes out of our head is perfect, right? I doubt it. I even doubt it for Hemingway, right? Let's find the lost book, right, on the train. <laughs> so I, I, I just, I, it, everybody has to push because you're pushing into yourself, yes. right? I would also say in terms of inspiration for character, like I was talking for inspiration for plot, right? For character, um, I, 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 when you have a project that has multiple characters especially, like I get overwhelmed because you don't want them to sound the same, you want them all distinct, right? Like for me, I get like, oh my God, how do I get inspired to find 
12 different characters walking around all together um, or just one inspiration like oh my god she's just turning into that you know shut down person like that's so boring right what I did this time I've never done this before but I wanted inspiration is my friend who I want to come on the show and talk about this because she is so good at it she gave me an archetype deck and I just went through the deck. I actually went through it with my husband and we laid out, we gave each character a, 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 a main archetype and then we layered other archetypes on, right? So this guy is a preacher, but he's also a gambler, right? Do you see how all of a sudden you're like, who's that guy, right? <laughs> right? Because it starts, it, it gets your brain going. Now, is the guy gonna be a minister in the movie? I don't know he has the moral ethics of a minister or at least wants to right but he's also a gambler and he's also um whatever like the other so we, we each character started to get three or even four archetypes right and it really really helped distinguish all of them it really helped inspire me to layer them up and that people are not just one thing that they can mm -hmm. be multiple things um it gave them all a secret um, and again, I don't know how much that'll last in the script, but as a day of inspiration, uh, it really was fun. I think it's something I'm deciding right now, is it something that I share with the producers? You know, do you, do you let them know you did this? I don't know, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, it doesn't matter, because right now it's just for inspiration. Um, so I thought that was really fun. And we could have Jessica on to talk about archetype decks and how she uses them, because she's really good at it. Um, yeah, I've seen writers talk about like giving each of their characters like, you know, they're a Libra or an Aquarius and sort of looking at different ways that those sort of that, like, character things. Mind. I can't imagine. You'd have to really <laughs> know that stuff. Like, I just don't know. It. Well, it's like when you're a Libra, like this is the good part of being a Libra and this is the bad part of being a Libra. And it's sort of like right. two sides of the same coin because I'm a Libra and everything is about balance, right? So right. like two sides. But, you it's know. It's interesting because so. like people also do like personality tests for their character and stuff. Mm. What I want you to be careful of when you do that, and that's all great for inspiration because that's what we're talking about today. If that inspires you and it gets a little fire going in your head, great. It, it, don't leave it intellectual though right like archetypes personality tests and stuff are can become um ideas in your intellect versus things you feel in your guts like minister gambler i felt down in my gut you know mm -hmm. i just i just i don't know if i know that person it's in me that bifurcation or i just was like oh boy <laughs> i feel that <laughs> so always go back to your body of what you feel at either minute you're doing a plot like are you leaning in to in your scene are you literally leaning in like oh my god um you know what you want is that no matter how many times your director le reads it he or she is leaning in when they get to that even though they know what's coming right uh, because your brain just does it um so what you can do you know do archetypes do personality tests the other thing you can do for for inspiration for your character is ask some emotional questions of them. So do a free write, and you can ask these kinds of questions. And I'll post these on the Facebook group, um, so don't worry about, you know, oh my God, I have to write them all down. So, you know, what was the time your character was the most terrified? What was the time they were the most happy or joyful? What was their saddest moment? Their most shameful experience? What was the time that um, somebody was really, really angry at them? What was the time they were really, really angry at someone else? 
Um, did they ever betray anybody? Do they, do they need to be forgiven or do they need to forgive? Um, you know, what makes them emotionally vulnerable? Think of a time that they were emotionally vulnerable. Think of a time they were physically vulnerable. How do they respond to it? Have they lost anybody? Um, you know, do, what do they think people whisper about them? What do they whisper about other people? I, this is one that really helps me a lot. What do they hate in other people? Because often what a person hates in other people is the problem they have with themselves, right? Um, you know, any, you know, any events in their life that you think were forming, formative to them? Again, you might, you could literally write that question down and have no idea and then let the character answer in the I position, right? Because that is inspiring to me. Will all of that go into your script? No. But they need to talk to you and get to know you, right, um, a little bit. Um, who's the most important person in their life so far, right? And if it's the milkman because he was the only other person to ever talked to her, that's fine. Like, it doesn't even have to be a giant character. But why? What did that milkman do in that two minutes that he saw her every day that somehow shifted her life, right? Um, whatever it is, again, that's all backstory, but it, it can help or not. Or you're going to find one of those is actually in the script and what they're working out. Those are just examples of ask, ask interview your character, but not about... Where'd you grow up and you know, go to the, go to the emotional stuff. And, you know, I find the best action sequences or plots are so emotional, you know, like, yes, you're leaning in because you don't know the bad guys might catch them. I mean, then you're really going to stakes and conflict and right. But really emotionally, what is that action sequence about right now? Why, why does it need to be in your movie right here, right now? What, what why are you pushing them? How are you pushing them? What are, what, what are they resisting here, right? Like I think of Dory and Marlon seeing the jellyfish and he's not listening to her. And she's telling him the answer. And he's like, that looks really scary and no, 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 no. And then suddenly there, she's going to die because you made this choice and he's going to do anything he can, right, to get her through that. So um, they, they can be all of those things. Um, and then the last thing I would say, a couple of things I'd say about inspiration is, um, you know, I've said it a million times, but the, 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 the barf draft to me is all about inspiration. That's what it is. The barf draft is get inspired, find out what you're writing, let the character tell you. Um, and sometimes to inspire myself, I have to slow down. I gotta, I gotta go take a walk, like you said. I, I can't, this project I'm working on now, the best idea I had for it, I got in the shower. Because I was just pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And, and all of a sudden I was like, I cannot anymore. I'm taking a day off. And boop, it literally just rose up. And I was like, oh, right. Um, and sometimes you just have to go have fun. Just have fun with it. Um, you're getting too locked down into it's not good enough. And other people are reading it and telling me this and blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? It's yours. What do you think is fun? Right? What do you want to watch? Um, you can be inspired by other movies. I think that's great. But twist it, turn it, you know. Um, easier said than done. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lauren. I just went on a long No, I there. think it's all great. I just... mean, every time we do the show, I'm always like, yes, I'm learning way more than I thought I would. Every single time I talk to you, which is, you know, why we wanted to do well, this show. Well, every time I have... Every time I'm thinking about the topic, I'm like, oh, yeah, right. Sure, I got to do that. Right. <laughs> I mean, I think part of it, too, is doing the work, showing up, 
pushing all that stuff. And then, you know, what I'm struggling with right now is how do I find the fun? How do I fill up my bucket, right, so to speak, so that I am energized and feel prepared to do the work and that it that I don't want to show up exhausted. So I, I, you know, yes, in the shower, I come up with great ideas and I try to ride my bike and go for walks. But there is, so I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to get inspired about how to chill, how to rest, how to feel. Dance in your kitchen. What's that? Dance in my Dance kitchen. In yes, kitchen. my husband I and I have been together for 25 years. And last night, we both discovered that we share a love of the band The Offspring, which we did not know about each other. And so <laughs> we played it and we danced around and we sang and my daughter did her amazing air guitar and it was so great. It was so spontaneous and joyful and like, wow, even after all this time, my husband and I still have things we don't know about each other. And so that I really that. felt good, right? And so it's like, how do we find more moments like that in lockdown? <laughs> You know, and I think that's like what I said at the top of the show. My biggest trouble right now is feeling like I am in a position to do that work, to rip things apart and Frankenstein it back together and does it work and do the free writing and be available for my rather intense characters to talk to me. You know, it's exhausting to go into my characters' worlds because they are all in crisis. They are in their own cyclone of fuckery. So I feel like I have to be somewhat prepared to enter that world, you know, to go into the lava. I can't also be a mess, you know. So that for me is an important part of being available to inspiration and being prepared and available to do the work. And so that's what I'm trying to figure out right now, you know, how to... I think it's a little bit separating myself from the work, you know, um, mm. so that I can be available for it. I don't know if I'm making right. sense or not, but. No, you are. I think you need a rope around your waist, yes. kind of like in Poltergeist when they're going in the closet, right? Like, yes, you that's need exactly the how it the feels. <laughs> you, you need someone on the other end of the rope to pull you back, right? Yeah. So that could be your husband. That could be me. That could be a friend, right? Saying, you know, I, I this is getting hard. I'm going down in, into the closet. So can you call me at three o'clock? Yeah. And tell me a joke. I mean, my sister-in-law's texting me the worst jokes, but it's so funny because it's like a rope around me, right? Like, it's like, it's just so fun, right? Yeah. Um, so I think there's ways to uh, see what you need to get back on yeah. solid ground after you've been in the closet, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, so vital. Um, and sort of that's where I am, you know. And I want to write this new idea down, and I, but I do need to figure out how to get that rope around my waist in order to jump into the poltergeist closet. <laughs> Our metaphors are so stunning. We are so stunning. They're just stunning. And so timely. Oh like, how old is that movie, honestly? I know. Well, I'm sorry. Anybody who hasn't seen it out there, go rent it. It's amazing. Yes. I don't even know I haven't seen it in, like, 20 years. But We could say um, uh, The Upside cool Down metaphor. of Stranger Things, if you guys watch that show. That's, a, oh, a, yeah, I think, oh, a yeah. potential reference. Yeah. One thing yeah. I'll say super yeah. quick. Meg, you talked about personality tests. And I know we want to be careful not to intellectualize our characters. But if you haven't looked right. at the Enneagram chart... Um, that's a really cool, mm -hmm. I think, well-modeled way to look at personality. Enneagrams will tell right. you based on your number, like your kind of innate desires, innate fears, vices, temptations. So I think that's a cool exercise if you haven't run your characters through Enneagrams before. So did we answer your question where you need to be inspired? 100%. Yeah. I think have the beauty for me it was hearing both of you remind me that it's just hard work. Like, Lorian, <laughs> I so know what you mean about wanting to sit down and just let it 
ease out of your fingers. But I think when you put the hard work in, you will have, even if it's just that one hour during the week where it was magic, that's what we're working towards and working for, right? So I appreciated the reminder. Yeah, like and, literally yeah. I, most of the time I'm writing, this is how I start. I have no fucking idea. I have no fucking idea. I kind of know what needs to happen right here. Um, this is really bad dialogue. Oh my God, she shouldn't even be here. This is not bad. Well, that's interesting. Oh, I like that moment. Oh, look at that. Look at that. And then I just cut out the front. Her. I, then I go through later and I cut stuff out. Like um, um, Emma Thompson, right? The actress who's also the writer. I have the right name, right? My brain is <laughs> that's right. farting. Sense sensibility. Right? Um, uh, Sense and Sensibility, amazing, amazing. She said that she writes her drafts for like 200 pages because she just is letting it out to let the, and then let the editor go back and start. Yeah. Uh, I usually cut the first half of all of the conversations I write in all of my scripts, right? Like I have a scene that's like three pages long. Right. The first one and a half pages of their conversation is just them easing into what they're trying to say. So I'm like, all right, cut later. Right? Cut that out. Right. Oh, right. Yeah, no, later, yeah. The, once you've had the inspiration and you found that sweet spot and you learn something new about the character, or, like, sometimes I'm writing, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm just repeating the same thing that she said, so what else could happen here, and why is it in the movie? And I, and then I just start letting them tell me why, right? Oh, because, and um, the director of um, one of the Marvel movies, I read an interview, and he said that he, um, when he's editing uh, his script, that he has a rule, and it's, I think, rules are, uh, 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 you know, who knows, uh, that you get as many pages as per character in the scene for any dialogue conversation. Now, again, I don't believe in rules, but it's a helpful thing to think about. So it's two people talking, you get at the most two pages. It's three people, you get three people. It's four people, you get four. Because what it helps your, your brain do is, you gotta get to it, man, right? Like. You don't need that whole first half of this conversation. And look, the conversation actually ended here when she looked up and saw him. You don't need her to go, oh my gosh, he's here. Right right there, boom. Like, part of writing is editing. Okay, there's another show topic, editing. <laughs> um, but right now we're talking about inspiration when it is literally just write the 20-page dialogue scene, yes. right, of what they're saying to get to that inspiration inside to find the, the two minutes. Um, all right, I guess we better do the question of the week so we uh, don't go over here. Because we're so inspired um, about this topic. Oh my God, we're so inspired We can't about stop talking about it. <laughs> all right, so let's move on to our question of the week. Uh, this question actually came from um, a question on our Gmail group. So you can send uh, questions over there, and we'll either answer them directly if we can, or they're going to be on the show. Um, of course, you can also ask your question on the Facebook page. Um, there's a lot of people who are jumping in to help uh, over there. It's really fun, so highly recommend it. But again, this uh, question came from the Gmail account, which is, do you have a process of finding and defining your main character's want? Right now, my character seems to want a lot. Not as much in the literal external sense, but more so him getting his goal means that he will solve multiple problems he thinks he has. Happiness, finding his identity, letting go. Do you think this makes the story too complicated or is there a process for either defining the true meaning of the want that might encapsulate all of those listed or keeping them all a part of the story? Um, I'm working on right now even a whole seminar on want because I think it's such a big, big thing um, to deeply understand. You know, the bigger the want, the bigger the movie, the want is the drive. 
Um, it keeps your character active. I mean, there's just, it is such a huge part of the engine of your story. Um, but to, to just do a tidbit of that seminar, because it's not done yet, um, and or show, future show, um, is, um, you know, let's, let's, let's define out here a little bit the difference between a want and a need. Um, some people have heard that before. I'm sure um, newer emerging writers may have not. So let's just put it on the ground first, which is what the character wants versus what they need. So in the question that this questioner is asking, he thinks that the goal, the want, will solve multiple needs, happiness, identity, letting go, right? So um, the happiness, identity, and letting go are in the need bucket to me, right? What he needs, this character needs to do versus what they want. So Joy in Inside Out wants to get rid of sadness somehow. She thinks that she's kind of messing up Riley, especially if she's doing touching core memories. What she needs to do is let go and allow the emotions to start driving and allow sadness to help Riley. So what she needs in this case is literally the opposite of what she wants. And often in big transformative characters, that is what you're looking for. It doesn't have to be. The want can be, you know, if you have, an, if you have a character who's claiming their power, their want is probably very um, what they want to get. Like if you think of Moana, she wants to save her island. Yes, she needs to save her island. That is not a bad want, but she's got to claim her power to do it. So in terms of want versus need, um, you know, the need is unconscious. Um, and I think if you have multiple ones, you're saying happiness, identity, letting go, to me that means you're not down at the bottom yet. Um, those are all flares. Almost every movie is about identity to me. So when somebody says thematically it's about identity, I'm like, oh, okay, what else? Because every movie a character is transforming somehow, even if they're just claiming their power, there is a transformation happening they're not going to be the same person at the end of the movie they were at the beginning unless you're doing slice of life and that's a totally different thing um happiness is a huge word right so my question for you this uh, my answer for this or my question back is um letting go what 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 are you saying about letting go what are you saying about identity what are you saying about happiness the answer to those questions start to get you closer down uh, into something that's bubbling uh, inside of you. Don't stay up in those big words. Those big words are just containers, happiness, letting go. Those aren't um, true thematics yet because the need, of course, is the theme of your movie, right? So um, your insights into those things, right? Let's just, okay, perfect happiness is not possible, but even having had it, once in your life is enough. It's a thematic emotional need that gets met, right? Um, you know, that, that that starts to be, and then the want is, is opposite of that, right? Like the want is I have to find perfect happiness, right? Somehow if I get the money, the girl, the whatever. Um, and what's beautiful about it is the, the audience is along for the ride in terms of they want, I mean, I would say that's the other big thing about want to keep in mind is the audience has to want what the main character wants desperately. We can't be ahead of them and know, oh, they have a need and they're not meeting it, <laughs> right? Like, you have to align me to that want. So, um, that, you know, in a, in a nutshell, uh, that's trying to answer the question about having multiple wants. And, you know, when you first start and you're in your first couple of drafts, it's okay to have those big, like, okay, I know this is about redemption. 
Okay, good. That, put that on the wall. This is about redemption. That means every character's traveling on that need for redemption somehow. They're, they're, they're showing it back to the main character somehow. And um, the want is to, you know, rob the bank. That somehow robbing the bank will get this character redemption. Um, that's okay to put those on your wall and start your drafts there and just use those as the kind of shoots you're going down. They will, they will get deeper what are you saying about redemption? What kind of redemption is it possible for this character to get redemption? What, what redemption do they think they need versus what, do, what redemption do they want versus what they get? Um, you know, so again, we're talking about features here because uh, they, they close, right, as a story. So um, you can start with those bigger words, but always be pushing, and your character will tell you, always push your character. Your job is to push your character, to ask them those questions, put them in situations where they're exposing themselves and making choices um, to surprise you about that, right? It's funny because uh, somebody was just asking me about my process and I was like, well, I do, I go back and forth. Like I do an outline where I'm like, I think the character starts here and ends here. I think they want this and they need this and here's what's in relationship, Who's here's what's stopping them and here's the stakes. Okay, I got the big engine pieces, right, of want and need and plan and and then I puke draft it find out oh wow that's not actually true and she actually wants this and that's much more interesting and then I go back to outline and then I might do crazy different scenes and then to find out more about that want and then I go and do a scriptment which is half an outline and half a a, 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 a script and it's just this constant churning to answer these questions about what does the character want and what does it mean because it's a dream it's a dream in your head right so whatever you have in your script right now i would say um you're not deep enough yet you're not at the bottom but there are really good paths there are really good metaphors and archetypes that have risen up that your brain your conscious brain can grab to want um, or need happiness what about happiness does this character need and what do they find out about that um, look at the actions of the character that you already have in your script and what are they indicating to you about what are they trying to tell you if they're the dream if they're the if they're the wise old person coming to talk to you through your dream what is that character's action starting to tell you about because um, I think that this question the last thing I'll say is is conflating want and need right because the question says defining your main character's want but then he's talking about happiness and identity and letting go right so that's i don't actually know what the want is in this care you know uh in this uh questioner's script so dorothy wants to go home it's not what she needs but that's what she wants and by the way act two is the yellow brick road so the movie is a road movie right so anyways that's totally off topic but um so does that answer the question you guys yes do you have anything to add? I just talked the whole time, Lauren. No. As, no? You, as you were talking, I was uh, writing notes for myself about my <laughs> TV show. <laughs> I was like, huh. Yeah, TV works differently. I, well, uh, we have a couple of different TV people we're going to have on, and yeah. I'm really excited to talk to them about how that I'm works. I'm looking about television. what the central question is I'm exploring, right? What does yeah, my yeah. character want? What does she need? Like, and what is the conversation I'm having? Right, so what is yeah. the big question? And I think I got it because when I wrote it down, it made me want to cry. Perfect, they're there. So I was like, Lava. ah, there Lava. it is. So that's, there it so is. I mean, you helped me. So, I mean, as far as I'm <laughs> concerned, job well done. All right, well, I gotta go do it myself now for the rest of the day. Um, 
All right, so that's our show. Um, and thanks for being here. Again, go to the Facebook page. Um, and remember, you have to answer questions to get into the Facebook page. That's to keep out trolling. It's got to be a safe environment. So they're super easy questions. Yes. So just ask and answer them. Um, or come to the Gmail account and ask, and we'll try to answer them there. And uh, thanks for listening. And uh, keep writing. Just remember that you are not alone. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. Join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash thescreenwritinglife or email us at thescreenwritinglife at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.